Welcome to the Australian Hiker Podcast, Australia's longest running hiking podcast, downloaded over three quarters of a million times in 150 countries and providing you with an Australian perspective on all things hiking. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 237 of the Australian Hiker Podcast. And in this week's episode, we're going to talk about choosing rainwear for hiking. We hope you enjoy. Before we get into today's episode, if you'd like to help support Australian Hiker and this podcast, there are a couple of ways that you can help us out. Firstly, by subscribing on your podcast host of choice so that each episode is available as soon as it's published. And if you have the opportunity, leave us a five-star review. Another way to support us is go to the Australian Hiker website at www.australianhiker.com.au and click on the supporters page and buy us a coffee. You can do a one-off donation or become a monthly supporter. All donations are greatly appreciated and help us to continue producing this podcast and blog. Now let's get on to today's episode. Now, a common trait with many new hikers is when we start out, we tend to be classed as fair-weather hikers, only venturing out when it's sunny and warm, and we'll often stay at home at the slightest hint of rain. As the saying goes, you can't have rainbows without rain. In addition, is there anything better than the smell of the Australian bush after it's been raining? Something you just won't experience in dry weather conditions. For hikers starting out, the gear selection is often focused around what is known as the big three, the tent, the pack and the sleeping bag, because these pieces of gear is what we tend to associate with hiking. However, if you're going to take the plunge and, and take advantage of the rainy weather conditions, then choosing suitable rainwear for hiking is something we, we need to consider at some stage. Uh, and in all honesty, in doing the research for this article, uh, I found that most pre-existing articles were very technical and in all honesty it's not really something that most people need to know yeah i think that's right i think um you know knowing details around the fabrics and so on i think for me it's more important to know what kind of conditions uh you're going to be in or might be in and and what you might need for that So we're going to keep this fairly basic and high level uh, and at some later stage we will start talking about or still will release an article based on all the technical sides of the gear, but we'll do that as a separate article. Now the first and most obvious thing when choosing rain gear is fit. While it might seem really obvious and logical, (laughs) fit with rain gear means something slightly different than what it does with a pair of pants or a down jacket or a, uh, a top of some sort. I mean, really, when you think about it, rainwear forms part of your layering system. Uh, and for a lot of people, uh, when we did a survey a few years ago on layering systems, uh, people either had a three-layer system or a four-layer system. And certainly for me, I tend to use four layers uh, and I'll mix and match them depending on what the conditions I'm hiking in. And I've probably got five layers <laughs> but, more. Yeah. Um, but in that respect, though, if you are wearing, in my case, if I'm wearing four layers, my rainwear is my outer layer and it needs to cope with my underlayers. So it needs to cope with a, a, a lightweight top, a heavyweight top, a puffy jacket of some sort and the rainwear over the top. So when you do purchase rainwear, you need to think about what you're going to be using it for. 
Now, if it's just going to be, okay, I've got it with me, there's a chance of rain, I'll put it on and then I'm going to finish my hike. Chances are you're not going to be putting three or four layers on. It's just going to be getting me back to the car so I can get out of here and head home. And in that instance, you may not need something uh, that will cope with a bit of extra bulk. But if, like me, you do wear four layers or, like Jill, potentially five (laughs) layers, you need to make sure that it fits everything underneath that rain jacket. So it's quite interesting. In, in doing the preparation for this podcast, I was looking at one of the uh, gear write-ups from one of the companies, and they quoted the, the male model as being six foot three tall, which is taller than what I am, and he was being shown wearing a large jacket. For me, that's not an option. Uh, I'm definitely an extra large, given all the layering that I'm wearing, If I was just wearing a T-shirt and that was it and then the rain jacket over the top, yeah, I could get away with a large. Uh, But in my instance, I need that extra large to cater for the additional layers of gear. Yeah, and I generally go up a size when I'm buying rain gear just to accommodate those layers underneath. Now, while we're talking about jackets still, I think the thing with jackets, we're not just talking about small, medium, large, extra large, uh, or in fact, some some companies even produce up to 6XL. Uh, so I think as far as ca- catering for larger people, rainwear, <laughs> rainwear does it really well. But we're also talking about the lengths of jacket. You can be Wearing a 5XL jacket and be 4 foot tall, you can be wearing a 5XL jacket and be 6 foot 5 tall, but in most cases, if you're getting up to that sort of height, you probably need a bit of extra length rather than the bulk. So a number of companies will produce jackets in what they class as tall sizes uh, to cater for taller people. In all honesty, though, from an Australian perspective, that's not an easy thing to find. It tends to be more something you find in the European market or the US market, but they are available. In relation to rain pants, they typically, from a sizing perspective, rain pants often take a bit more wear and tear because you're you're moving a bit more. I mean, really, with your wearing jacket, your arms are only moving slightly when you walk and in all honesty, you've got your pack over the top of it, but that's about it. Whereas your rain pants, you're physically moving, uh, you're often brushing across sticks and sharp plants uh, and they will take a bit more beating than your jacket will. The last thing I'd say also with uh, the rain jacket is that uh, it needs to be long enough that when you sit down, there is no gap created between your rain pants and the top. It's from a fashion perspective, it's not unusual for some rain jackets to be not quite crop top, but very short, uh, and they look really good. And then you sit down and you've got this gap that ex- that's, that's exposed between the pants and the, the bottom of the jacket. And if it is raining, you're going to get wet. So realistically, it's not unusual to have the longer, the back of the, the rain jacket longer than the front, uh, almost providing a bit of a tail. And in most cases, you're probably aiming at the back of the jacket coming down just to the lower part of your bottom. Yeah, that's right. Now, if it uh, doesn't fit well and uh, you do sit down and you've got that bit of a gap, then you'll end up with a wet bottom. In relation to rain pants, again, they want to fit you. um, But from a sizing perspective, really, they don't want to be so long that you're you know, you're, you're catching it with the bottom of your heel every time you walk, and but it does want to come down to virtually the top of your shoe uh, just so it does keep you protected as far as it possibly can. From here, we'll look at features. And again, 
really with features, and we're talking about rain pants and rain jackets here, and we'll look at some option, uh, another option a bit later on before we finish off. In the case of rain pants, they really do want to have an adjustable waistband that can be tightened to ensure they don't fall. And that's probably not the main issue, but it's more about getting dragged down by your pack. Packs sitting on top of your pants or your rain gear, uh, it can actually push down, particularly if you're only wearing rain pants and not the jacket. So having that ability just to tighten it up slightly, it keeps it in place. The leg zips on rain pants for hiking really need to be not just a, not just sort of 150 millimetres long. They want to be sort of come up to almost mid-calf. And what that means is that you can put your rain pants on without having to take your footwear off. I've got size 15 US feet and I currently own three sets of rain pants and in all of them, I can actually put my rain pants on without having to take my shoes off because in a lot of cases I'm putting my rain gear on because it's about to rain and I'm doing it quickly. The last thing I want to do is sit on the side of the trail, take my shoes off, put my rain pants on, then put my shoes back on again. It does depend on how big your feet are though, I think. It does, yeah. And again, if I'm wearing my heavy grade leather boots, which is rare, that's not something I can generally put on uh, without taking my boots off just because of the sheer size of them. But for most people who don't have size 15 feet, it's a lot easier to manage. They need to be durable. And as we said, rain pants will often need replacing more often than your jacket will. Pockets of some sort. And you've got a couple of options here with pockets. For a number of years, the two pairs of rain pants that I've been previously using had pockets that allowed you access to get into the pockets of your pants. So if I was trying to get my camera out or I was trying to get my phone out, I'd store them in the pants pocket and I can reach through my rain pants pockets and pull them out. The one drawback with that is, is you create a slight gap each time you do that. And if you don't wear a jacket or you're having to maneuver in or around the the pack to get there, it's often a point where water can enter and you do get a bit of moisture around the, the pocket level of the pants. I must admit, I only recently changed my rain pants to using a pair that had zips. Uh, now my camera and my phone go in the pocket of my rain pants and it's not letting, letting water get into the pants itself. So having zips on rain pants was a feature I never knew I needed uh, and now I've used it, I can see the benefit of it. The ability to cinch up the bottom of your legs to keep them out of the mud. So again, because they tend to allow for putting on shoes without taking them off, they tend to be a bit big around the base. Um, And usually they'll either have uh, elastic to cinch them up or they'll have a a little press stud that'll allow you to tighten up the jackets or even some some Velcro that'll allow you to uh, cinch the bottom of the legs in. Mud will minimise any mud getting up the uh, the pants themselves and it'll also stop leeches crawling up the inside of your rain pants as well, which can be an issue in really wet conditions. Yeah, my rain pants, have, they're quite old now and they've got elastic in the bottom. Uh, they're quite hard to get, but they, they're the ones that I prefer rather than uh, ones with zips or um, one ones with Velcro um, attaches. But I, I think um, it, you sometimes you just have to grab what you can get. And ideally for both um, the rain pants, and we'll go into the rain jacket at the moment, is the ability to pack it inside itself. So a lot of uh, rain pants and rain jackets will 
uh, have a pocket on them that you've fold them or pack them inside their back pocket, uh, which means they can then go into the pack and stay nice and clean and neat. Not an essential sort of thing. It's not a not a feature that's going to be a deal breaker, but it, it's a nice to have sort of feature. Moving on to rain jackets, there's a number of features that uh, are, are quite handy when you're looking at a rain jacket. First and foremost, things like pit zips, uh, and that's basically armpit zips. These are particularly important when we'll talk about fabric in a moment, but for jackets that aren't particularly breathable, where you do need to get a bit of air movement through the jacket, having pit zips that allows you to walk uh, even when it's raining and get a bit of air movement through the jacket, particularly on periods where it is hot and you're not trying to you're trying to minimize overheating and getting sweaty pockets to store your goodies in now again most cases jackets will have pockets um, just above the hip level uh, sometimes they might be a bit higher pockets that are up around the chest zip mark I don't find particularly useful but yeah, if you're trying to store a key or something like that particularly on a day hike they're a handy place for it uh, but in all honesty having pockets of some sort is a nice to have feature a hood of some sort. And really, if you're talking rain jackets, they need to have a hood. Now, what sort of hood you will have is going to vary. But if you find a jacket without a hood, again, not really designed for hiking in the rain. But ideally... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that would be a really weird um, rain jacket, wouldn't it? Oh, well, I suppose it's always possible. I mean, my rain jackets, the hood actually can fold away. So you can choose not to use the hood but you know, and that's fine if it's only very lightly drizzling, and that's about it. But you know, you find that if you don't have that hood up, the water is going to get down your neck, and it's going to run down your top and potentially into your pants. So, not a good, not a good sort of choice. Now, with the hood, there's a couple of hoods that you'll find available. Ideally, if you can get one with a stiff brim on it, because you'll find that you can buy jackets with hoods that basically have almost uh, can be cinched up around the face. And if it's heavy rain, you end up getting rain in your eyes. So having a, 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 a peak on them will minimise getting water in your eyes. I have used jackets both with and without stiff peaks. And if I'm using a jacket without a stiff peak, I will wear my hiking cap underneath it. And I'll use a bulldog clip, uh, which is we've been fans of for years, that clip onto the front. Because what happens if you wear a peak cap and don't cover the peak with um, the material of the hood itself, the peak actually starts absorbing water and it moves back in through the whole hat and you end up with a wet head. And if it's serious enough, it ends up going down your neck as well. And if you don't wear a peak cap, then you end up with um, the rain hood just dripping onto your face, which yeah. is not fun. Waterproof zips, and there's a couple of options with waterproof zips here. You can either have zips that are waterproof or you'll have zips that aren't necessarily waterproof but have a fabric, a waterproof fabric covering that go over the top that either Velcro or press stud together. Either one works well, and I've, I've used jackets with both options and don't have an issue one way or the other. The ability to cinch up the, uh, the bottom of the jacket, and sometimes most jackets will have a, a cinch cord uh, around the waist level of the jacket to take into account how bulky you are as an individual. You know, one, it's no good buying a 6L jacket because that's what you need to fit you, but you're really skinny and you've got all this air movement. So in most cases, if you need the length and the, uh, the width of the jacket but don't necessarily need the bulk, most jackets will have the ability to cinch and tighten themselves up. 
And again, last but not least, a highish neck to minimize where water can enter. So again, with my jackets, they tend to have a high neck point that comes up just under the chin. So really the only thing that's exposed is the face and that's about it. So the less entry points for water, the drier you're going to stay. Now, in most cases, when we're talking about gear, we tend to talk about the weight of gear, but I'll be honest here, the weight of your rain jacket isn't going to vary to a great amount. I own what you'd class as a traditional rain jacket, which I've had for many years. It was heavyweight. It was really waterproof. But if it was hot weather, you would cook inside it and you would sweat like nothing else. So it was almost better off not to wear it because you're going to end up just as wet from sweat as you would from rain. And they were a heavier sort of jacket. These days, the difference between the highly technical fabrics that are used, and we'll go on to fabrics in a moment, and also the lighter weight, plasticky style or polyester style materials, there isn't a huge difference. So it's not as if you're talking about five or 600 grams difference in weight. But you know, if you're into ultra, ultra light hiking, certainly you can go really lightweight if that's what you want to do. Now we'll get on to what we class as the most technical part of this discussion. So really from a fabric perspective, you've got a, a few ranges here and we've, we've kept this fairly brief and short rather than going into every single possibility. And we've shortened the range down into non-breathable slash semi-breathable fabrics. These tend to class into two layer or or two and a half layer fabrics, which is the bulk of the the jackets on the market. The two layer fabrics typically aren't used for hiking and they tend to be a uh, a waterproof uh, membrane and a breathable membrane uh, joined to an outer face fabric. These sorts of fabric and this sort of gear tends to be more for the occasional thing rather than you're planning on doing long-distance hiking in this. Uh, So it's for just in case it rains and you're going to make your way back to the car. For most people, the two-and-a-half-layer fabrics is what you'll most commonly see on the market. Now, the two-and-a-half-layer fabric has more features. It's classed as two-and-a-half-layer fabric, uh, and these jackets are made with an outer-facing fabric joined with a waterproof and breathable membrane that has an inner coating designed to shield the membrane from abrasion and sweat, oil and dirt from your body. So they tend to be a lot more durable. They also increase in price, and we'll talk about prices more specifically in the written version of this podcast. Now, from my perspective, um, probably the best example, and I've been using rain jacket with two-and-a-half-layer fabric for around about eight years now. Uh, I've only just swapped over uh, my jacket just recently. It's finally given up the ghost and wasn't keeping me dry, but that's after eight years, and I've estimated around about 2,000 hours of use uh, in rain. Uh, and I've, I've used it more, more than that, but it's been in rainfall itself. Uh, so my best example of this was on the Bibbleman track in 2018 where my first day on the trail I had 100 kilometre hour winds, I had torrential rain that was being driven sideways by the wind and out of the 35 day trip I had rain on 27 of those days, not all day every day uh, but it might have only been sort of half an hour or an hour but certainly having a set of rain gear that kept me dry, kept me warm, uh, was worth every penny I spent on it uh, (laughs) because otherwise you're just not going to enjoy it and just not going to be happy. 
From here, we move on to what we class as technical fabrics. And this is a range of materials that while they've been around for a while, has really come into their own over the last two to three years. These are fabrics that can best be described as magic. And in fact, one of the jackets that I have reviewed in the lead up to this podcast and will be online uh, if you're listening to this uh, uh, podcast was if you look at it, you'd class it as it looked a bit old school, looked like a solid heavyweight sort of material, but it wasn't particularly heavyweight. It did keep me very dry in wet conditions, but it also was breathable. And what I mean by that is this: these fabrics will keep the rain out, but will let the, the, the jacket breathe itself. So this jacket that I own doesn't have pit zips, And what surprised me was I was using this in very warm, humid conditions and I wasn't getting sweaty and I wasn't getting hot because the the air moved out of the jacket and allowed me to not get cold but to stay cool, but it did keep me dry. Now, these sort of fabrics, they're proprietary fabrics. A number of the different companies, outdoor companies on the market all have their own particular fabric that they give a special name to, but all essentially do the same sort of things. And we'll lead on to price in a moment because this is where the discussion becomes important. I just had a thought about, um, you know, what you were saying about this new jacket. Is is it part then of your layering system, um, which I use to keep wind out as well as rain out? Potentially it is. And now, um, in my jacket that I've been wearing for the last eight years, it's pretty much a non-breathable sort of fabric. So I will usually, it's rare that I'll ever wear all four layers because for me to be wearing that, it's down around about minus seven for long periods. But I'll typically often wear the rain jacket and uh, my first layer and nothing in between. In the case of the my jacket with the new technical style material, I probably need to wear an additional layer because it's not keeping me as much heat inside the jacket. It's going to change how I perceive cold, which is a big big plus when it is hot and humid during the summertime, but potentially can be on the downside during winter. So uh, I haven't used it through wintertime yet, but I would expect to potentially have to wear an additional layer uh, to keep me just as warm. I'm never going to wear potentially just one jacket all through the year, but I find with my two-and-a-half-layer jacket in summertime, you just get hot and sweaty. It's just, just You just get clammy and there's not much you can do about it. Yeah, one of the things I, I like to do is um, wear a long-sleeve top at all times. So even, even when it's summer and it's quite warm but raining and I've got my rain jacket on, I do find I get very clammy if uh, I don't have a long sleeve top on. Now, before we go into price, there's one other rain option that I'd like to talk about. And to an extent, the reason we haven't covered too much of this in this podcast or in the write-up is that I don't have personal experience with this. And this is the rain poncho. These, if you're not aware of it, and I will put a photo in the the written version of this podcast, uh, essentially is a large piece of plastic uh, that you drape over your body and you stick your head uh, through, through, through the hole, <laughs> through a hole uh, and you've normally got armholes as well. Now, I think the ponchos were very popular many years ago, 
but from my perspective, there's a couple of things I personally don't like the idea of, but as I've said, I haven't used them to be able to confirm this. If it is 100-kilometer-hour winds, which is what I've had in the past, having a large sheet draped over you is not the most efficient well, your thing. Your poncho's going to be over your head, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, or, or you need to have it locked in with your, uh, your pack. So a lot of ponchos are designed to go over the top of your pack, but if you do have it over the top of your pack, you've then got to have some sort of waistband to hold it in place if it is windy. And most of the ponchos don't tend to go all the way down to the wrists. I'm just not a fan of the poncho style, but at some stage in the future, I will test them out just to see how they compare. But it's just something that's just never enamored me to really try. And the other one is the skirt as well. So we've seen... Uh, we haven't tried them, but we've seen people on the trail with them, and males and females. And um, I, th- I think they work really reasonably well uh, in a range of conditions. I'm not sure how they how they go when it's really, really wet and very windy. Yeah, uh, it's quite funny, actually. Just as we're putting together this podcast, there has been a company that's released a rain kilt. Funny, you look at it and think, this doesn't look like something that a, a woman would wear. It looks like it's something that a man would wear. So it's just they've done a good job to, rather than trying to sell a skirt to a man, calling it a kilt, uh, just gives it a, a different sort of uh, opinion. <laughs> now, I think with, uh, with rain kilts and rain skirts, wonderful for summertime when it is warm, not something you'd necessarily wear when it's freezing cold and you're trying to keep your legs warm. But it is something I have seen used on the trail, just not very commonly. Yeah. Uh, again, this is something we'll look at in the future. But from my perspective, given that I do not hike in shorts, I always hike in long pants, not really very effective to wear a kilt, which is going to keep my upper legs dry and let my bottom legs get saturated. So, uh, But again, very useful if you're hiking in shorts and the weather's warm. Now, from a pricing perspective, really what you choose to wear or use is going to depend on a number of factors on how you hike and when you hike. If all you're going to do is use rain gear for, oh, it's raining, I'll put my rain gear on and walk back to the car, go for the lower end of the range. You don't need to spend a lot of money. Uh, You can get something that fits you and does the job quite well that is relatively inexpensive. For years, I've gone from what's classed as the mid-price point. And uh, as I've said, I've only just replaced my both my rain pants. My rain pants, I tend to replace a bit more often because they do get a, a fair beating because I sit on them and I drag them across all sorts of stuff low to the ground. Whereas my rain jacket, eight years, rain pants tends to last me typically two to three years. Yeah, it's interesting because... Um my rain pants have lasted longer than my rain jackets, um, but then I've got um, my rain pants are actually a double layer, uh, so they're super warm. I, I think I've probably stretched the fabric on the inside of the uh, the pants now, so there's a bit of a gap in a place, but uh, they've lasted a very, very long time. But having said that, I haven't done nearly as much uh, rain hiking as Tim has. And then you sort of move up to the upper end of the range with the the technical fabrics. Uh, And these things, as I said, really it's been the last few years in particular that these have really uh, make themselves known on the market. Most of the main outdoor brands will sell a technical set of rain gear that is not cheap. 
Um, but as I said, I wouldn't have given much thought to this sort of upper end of the, the, the product range, but I can see these being, being a very long-lasting, very durable sort of jacket, and they do the job really well. As I said, it really did surprise me. You know, testing rain gear in the middle of summer when it's pouring, cold is not so much of an issue. It's getting hot and sweaty, and I'm surprised how well I maintained my level of comfort without getting hot and sweaty underneath. So I think it's um, um, it's the sort of thing that I think during midwinter I'm likely to go back to my less breathable jacket, but during summertime I think the uh, this high end high end jacket is probably going to be my mainstay. So really, as I said, what it comes down to is decide what sort of hiking you're going to be doing, how much hiking in the rain you're going to be doing. If it's not much, go the cheaper end. If you're doing a lot of it, spend a bit more money. Uh, it is well worth the uh, the additional dollars. Now, as we said in the introduction to this podcast, buying rain gear may not be as sexy as buying a new pack. Normally, it's not something you hear hikers talking about a lot, but if you don't stay dry while you're out hiking, you're not going to enjoy it. And as I said, I've only just replaced my rain jacket after eight years, and that's been over 2,000 hours of use in rain. And as I've mentioned, that was in those horrendous conditions on the Bibbulmun track in 2018, it just did the job so well. So, you know, spending not a lot of money when you think about what it does really does make a difference. So as I said, work out what it is you want to do. If you're buying online, uh, look at the size charts and measure yourself with your layering on. If you're going into a store take your layering in with you and put everything on and see what it, it, it does size-wise uh, because really that's where it needs to fit you is if you're only ever if you're only ever hiking in midsummer with a t-shirt on that's fine you can get away with with what uh, with just a t-shirt to test it out if you're hiking all through the year you need to have those layers on to work out what the sizing is like yeah because you've got to be able to move your arms about and um, you've got to be able to sit down. Okay, that's all for this week's episode. We hope you found it useful. We, as I said, we will be releasing over the coming months uh, a more in-depth article on the technicality of fabrics. But in most cases, most people are only interested in what is this jacket going to be going to do for me and what's it suitable for, not what the technical details are of it. Okay, that's all for me. Bye for now. And bye from me.